Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 323. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media and a new homeowner. <laughs> Soon to be. Soon to be. Congratulations, bud. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm excited. Looks like a great place. Looking forward to visiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to you visiting, too. You know, you've only been trying for three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> we'll be in there. We'll be in there by... Uh, um, content marketing world time. It's not, it's not on your daughter's birthday this year. No, no, no. That's right. I got to make an effort to get out there then. So we'll, we'll do our best. Um, now, with that said, there's some uh, interesting news this week. Lots of Mueller files, but uh, let's start off with a great comment from Mark Taylor on our community forum. Now, Mark's our, our essentially our head moderator. He runs the place for us. Yep. Um, we really appreciate him. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, so in this case, he's mentioning that uh, a lot of what he's seeing out there are questions and answers on Google My Business profiles. But it seems as though when people are leaving the, the, their questions, they're expecting the company is going to answer. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I mean, it would be great if it was, but in many cases, I mean, it doesn't matter who responds. The public can yeah. respond. Yeah, any, anybody can respond. It's very disappointing. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it should be very made very clear that this is another person responding versus the business. Yeah, and, and I think businesses are just not really even aware that it's happening in many cases, so they're not responding because they don't even know what's going on, right? Well, for the longest time, I'm not sure they're even doing it now. Oh, no, they... Yeah, if it's if it if it's being done, it's just recent. But Google wasn't even notifying people when new questions were being added. Yeah, so, very true. So I'm I'm vaguely remember maybe that's just been added in the last couple of weeks. But it's it. <laughs> what what the, what are they thinking? You know, what's yeah. going to happen when you give spammers or anyone the opportunity to to act on a competitor's behalf? Yeah, and it, it was nice. Mike Blumenthal jumped in to to have a conversation with Mark on that thread, and it it's a good read. So I I definitely recommend anybody going um, reading that thread and some of the comments made there. It's yeah, worth, Mike, worth it's, the time. Mike is like deep in it. I mean, over his head, <laughs> he's been writing a ton on. He wrote a whole article on it. Actually, an ebook. Uh, yeah, an ebook. He wrote a whole big thing. Yeah. And to quote him, he says, yes, it is a big problem. My research indicates that on average, 38% of all small and medium businesses and about 90% of big box retailers have questions. Somewhere on the order of 6% of the quote unquote questions are real time queries that think the business is looking. Equally problematic is that 11% of small and medium business questions are reputation related and are not questions at all. If the business knew about them, they could, they would, or could report them and have them taken down. Or should. <laughs> yeah, unquote. So yeah. maybe that's the clarity there. That was three days ago. So I don't think it is actually enabled yet that you get a notice when anything's been added. Um, it's something that we've advised our clients to do. Um, 
but we're we're gonna have to make a stronger pitch because yeah. and, and, it, it. <laughs> and it, it'd be nice for Google to flag the business responses to you know how you can do yeah. a lot of a lot of the social networks and different places that do this will flag this as an official response from the business somehow whether graphically or a little indicator they should do that as well yeah I mean maybe a slightly different shade of background something makes it stand out more or diminishes slightly the the quality of the one from the non-business owner or uh, i mean not to say that they necessarily are wrong it's just that the business owner deserves more attention in these i believe uh, some of the examples are, are fantastic that mike were, was talking about i was listening to his podcast yesterday and he was talking about uh, how these reputation issues are really bad like uh talking about uh, a person said is it just me or is this place racist yeah, and it caused this huge conversation of people going, "Well, yeah, yes, it is," and then other people saying, "No," and then, "Well, I think it might be just that they're just got bad employees." And <laughs> so, and, and we had Mike on the show talking about this specifically, like seven or eight shows ago. Yeah, and he he brought, he brought us some examples there too. So it'd be it almost be worth a while to go back and listen to one of our earlier shows when we were talking to Mike directly about this. If if you're right. interested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we got on it before, I think before he published it or he just published it that yeah, day. Yeah, or was just getting ready to, yeah. So uh, anyway, it's it's big news. It's something that I think was warranting uh, a reminder. Everyone needs to, if you've got a, a local listing, go in there, add your own questions and your own answers. You know, um, do your best to make it something that will be a benefit to anyone who's doing the searches. And I wonder, I wonder if you can answer your own question. I haven't, you know, I've been telling people to do this. I haven't done it myself. I keep got it on my, I've got it on my list too yeah. <laughs> to do. So, slacker, <laughs> the slacker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my most hated r- response ever is the uh, cobbler shoes, but unfortunately, it's so true for most businesses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Same, okay. Same situation. Yep. So uh, the next bit here is about. Uh, Major redesigns. Now, this gave me a kick. Uh, like, okay, so like you said, grain of salt. But the fact is, um, if you make significant changes to a website, this is like the gist of it all. I, I mean, a lot of changes and too many at once. It's going to be very difficult to isolate what went wrong. Now, in this case, this is an article on the SEM Post by Jennifer Slag. If something went wrong, yeah. The major redes- says Google major redesigns and issues with search. Sorry, major redesigns and issues with search traffic loss. And it talks about how this this example site, holy cow, could they have tried to screw themselves more? I, don't, I really don't think they could. I'll just quote here. This is just insane. Some of the changes made by the site, which already had millions of pages, included a redesign as well as splitting up many millions of pages, including the home page, into many smaller individual pages. <laughs> On average, each of these longer static HTML pages was split into roughly four new pages, a main page, and three subsections. The site changed from static pages to these new subsections subsections being served with Ajax and some additional serving with JavaScript. Additionally, each of these pages act like a single-page app. Good Lord! (laughs) It sounds like developers instead of markers were in charge of this redesign. Yeah, and they just... Flipped a switch. The old one went on, off. The other one, the new one went on. It's just, you know, testing but, nothing. 
But I, I say that this this if you read this article, you should take it with a grain of salt because this this is really talking about this one specific yeah. site. There are many cases where you can redesign a site, you can restructure the content of the site to improve the way it performs in search if you do it right. So I mean, this is one example of okay, this these people did it wrong, but there are also plenty of examples to way to do it right. Um, I have an example of a, a company we worked with that did one it was a it was a uh, medical company they were talking about a specific um uh, uh disease and they had one page of symptoms redid the site we broke out the one page of symptoms into a section about symptoms and and broke out a page for each of the different symptoms and we increased the traffic from from that one page by close to 200% for the whole section because we expanded the content it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose relevancy or see lower quality content if you expand, um, you just have to do it right. Yeah. Two visitors to four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actually, um, actually, it was closer to 80000 a month to 250000 a month just for that one page turned into a section. Well, that's a lot more than double. Good, yeah. good, good my, job. My, my math sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. You're in good company. Um, yeah, well, I know exactly. This is a re- an example, but I have seen this. I've seen people do insane things like this, and then they come to us and they're begging for this to get fixed. And hey, I'm, you know, I shouldn't say begging. I mean, we appreciate those calls. We do. Uh, it's just it's frustrating to see that you know they oftentimes have waited too long. Someone said, "Oh, don't worry, it'll write itself," and then they've waited longer and longer. And as the the longer they wait, if it isn't going to fix itself, they're potentially losing valuable rankings. It's because there is a certain period where you can get those back as soon as you fix them. But right. after a certain period of time, it's, I don't even know what it would be, but you kind of, it's, it's like you're starting over again from an SEO perspective. <laughs> it's, it's, you don't want to cry, especially companies that have built everything on it and they listen to someone with the, well, the wholly wrong experience and, and advice. If, and there are definitely cases where you want to reduce the number of pages. Like I've got a redesign happening right now where, the, and this is pretty common, where it's an e-commerce and they have um, a product or they have products that have different quantities. Of, instead of having one product page with an option for quantities, each quantity of the pay, each quantity of the product is its own product page. So that's a case where you'd want to shrink it down. Okay, get rid of these extra pages and just have the one product page and allow the the the, the purchaser to to select the quantity on that page. Those kind of things make sense too. There's, so there's there's that's why I said take this article with a grain of salt because every situation is different, right? You've got to look at the situation to figure out what works best for search in this particular situation. Uh, yeah, all situations are going to be different, essentially. Yes. Um, okay. So the next bit here, you, I believe, you put this on. Yeah. So, so last week or so, um, Bill Hartzer actually wrote an article that got a lot of attention in the industry about using canonicals to do negative SEO. And I'm not going to go into description of how to do that because unfortunately some of our listeners will go out there and try it. Um, <laughs> but it was, it made not it, our it, listeners. No, we hope not our listeners for sure. <laughs> but uh, some of the uh, things he was talking about made a lot of sense that it would work that way. And it would be almost impossible to detect. And Google came out, came out and said, nope, negative SEO using canonicals does not really work. And um, this one needs to be taken with a grain of salt as well. And they say canonicals have been around for almost 10 years and people have tried to manipulate them in many, many ways. We found out a lot of the ways they've done it. Um, but I know for a fact that I've been able to, to, not manipulate canonicals, but leverage canonicals to pass authority 
um, on a site and it does work. So if it works on a positive way, you know, doing it right, I can't imagine it wouldn't work in a negative way. So to me, this is a little iffy. This is one of those PR stunts that Google was trying to pull saying, in my opinion, trying to pull saying, no, no, that doesn't work. Why they're on the back end furiously trying to fix it. Yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, they have some smart people over there, but, you know, the balls get dropped and lots of movement. Lots of people, you try and contact someone, they're like, oh, no, that person has moved on or has gone to this department or, you know. I don't know how much static is, uh, how many of them are statically in one position, but anyway. but but I, I'd highly recommending reading Bill Hartzer's article about this, um, just because it it really helps you understand how canonicals work if you're not really super familiar with them already. Um, but don't try what what he's uncovered, please. <laughs> yes, it's not a good thing. And if you do, give me a call. We'll try and help. <laughs> but we'll it really and... it really is almost impossible to detect unless whoever's implementing it screws up somehow. Wow. Interesting. I haven't yeah. read it. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break and we come back. We've got a bunch of Mueller files. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. The Mueller Files, number one. Thank you for Google. not doing the sound. Thank you for not doing the sound effect. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, Google confirms rolling out a broad core search algorithm update earlier this week. Now, yeah, it's as you've noted here, it continues for over a week. It's it's well, all this is telling us, as usual these days with Google, is that yes, we made updates, and yeah. no, there's nothing you can do about it, and just keep making your site better. Yeah. As things, <laughs> as usual, things are changing. <laughs> 
period. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just don't even, I don't even know why. I don't know. You'd think they could give us something. It's just such a lame answer every time. Well, we're doing these all the time. You well, just happen to notice this one. Do, do you remember for a short time, a few years ago, every month they would come out with this list of this is the things we changed in the algorithm last so month. Nice. That was so brilliant. I don't really think they did it for like five or six months and then they stopped. But that was so amazing. It was that the transparency there was so helpful. Uh, they either it took them too much time for them to, to keep track of it or they found people abusing it or something because they stopped it relatively quickly, but it was amazing. I would imagine they've got so many moving parts, it's hard to isolate those things. Uh, yeah, no. so, many, so many different teams would have to be reporting into things they did. Yeah, it, it would be it would be a, a project, a nightmare project to coordinate all that, to publish it each month. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is it, it resists... Um, sorry, I've got a phone call coming in i should be getting darn it um uh timing right (laughs) (laughs) it happens yeah 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 um anyway i lost my train of thought there but yes they've uh definitely given us very little these days and i think that uh i think i was gonna say uh, i know what i was gonna say It it was about what you the their response and really part of it too is i bet they didn't like all the questions that came out of giving anything like as soon as you list something, the questions must be massive. I mean, how many times do they get emailed after that, or, or yeah, or who would email them? Yeah, and how many? Who's yeah. got the time to answer them all, and and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, prob- So I guess and there's probably a number of reasons why they stopped it, but it sucks that they did. Yeah, exactly. All right, next up here, a public service announcement: Google is able to figure out different languages without hreflang. So for all those that. <laughs> Don't know what the hell that means. Um, hreflang, uh, we're not going to get into why or, or what, what it is in, in terms of using it. But the fact is it, it's designed to help Google determine what content is what language. Um, it, also, it also helps with location too. Yeah. And what they're saying here is if you can't implement it correctly, it's not the end of the world. I mean, not exactly what they're saying here, but that's pretty much what I get out of it. Um, they can determine in most cases what the, the content so, is about. So, so are they recommending if you can't implement it properly, leave it off, or just go ahead and do the best you can and we'll figure it out anyway? Well, in their sort of sideways answer here, um, hreflang isn't an authority signal. This is a quote from John Mueller. It's a pretty basic technical element that all sites, not all sites need. No conspiracy here. Um, it's it's not an authority signal. Again, I'll just recap that. Yeah. So it, I don't sense it being a big deal. I mean, if 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 you're bigger, big enough company that you've got mega like multiple languages, well, I would make the effort to do hreflang, certainly. Sure. Um, but I mean, in in Canada here, many sites have a French version, and in those cases, because it's so common. Uh, I wouldn't think it's a big deal to not have hreflang on them. I would try to do yeah. it again. If it was involved in SEO, you should do it. But if it's an independent user, it's not going to be breaking their rankings or anything. Yeah, and I have seen in the past, I mean, it hasn't, it's been a while, so they've, they've obviously gotten better. But I've seen in the past with Google indexation has messed up languages and they've indexed the wrong language um, in the wrong places. And, and if that's the case, and if you're seeing that kind of thing happen, properly implemented hreflang could go a long way to fix those kind of issues if you find them. <laughs> I've actually uh, seen like uh, pages have gone on because, of course, again, can- Canada, our, our bilingualism is 
pretty rampant and he, and you go to this page and I think I've I someone put merde in there which is a nasty word in French and and uh, oh now oh now great now they're going to censor us on uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the page I guess there wasn't a lot of other content so they said would you like to translate this page <laughs> I'm oh, like, geez. yes, please. I want to see what you say. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have to tell me after the show what it translated to. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think it did. I think it was it was silly. It didn't do a good job and obviously was confused about what the content was about. So uh, it does happen. It isn't faultless. The programmers are. Google makes mistakes? Really? Making a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Next here is duplicate meta descriptions doesn't mean your site is broken. Now, I love this because, of course, it is totally different from what good old uh, uh, Matt Cutts had said in the past. But Yeah, Matt Cutts said the exact opposite. It's hilarious. <laughs> but, it's, but it's been a while, so things have changed. Yeah, it's been five years. Now, uh, in this case, uh, what we're so talking about here are the meta tags that are in the background of your page. It's in the code of an, an individual web page. In, if you've got a meta description tag, um, it's generally used to... Uh, if Google decides to use it, it's used in search results to describe your page. It doesn't have any merit um, in terms of whether or not it's going to help your site rank. Just it will potentially help you get that click because people will read it and go, hey, this is exactly what I'm looking for. But if you've got double or you've got the but, same meta description but, twice but, the page. But, ser but seriously, Ross, how many people read the meta descriptions in search results? I don't think I've read one in years. I look at the title. If it sounds like it matches, I click it. I do. Do you? Yeah. That's why you're so screwed up. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's uncalled for. <laughs> oh, let me. But, no, but I think I think it's <laughs> just between the two of us. There's obviously a, you know a segment of people that use search that use those, and a segment that doesn't. So when you're looking at to try to influence click rate by by crafting a really good meta description, it makes sense, and I would not do it. But but I think there's a portion of the search audience that's just going to ignore it anyway, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I just did a search just to see how I react to it. And, and I admit, I don't look at them in great detail, but I do, you know, what I really find, I find the one sentence ones way more appropriate. Like the, they take maybe you a line in a little bit and they have a phone number in them. Oh, I love those. And I, I, yeah. you know, but you don't like it maybe because I don't go to their site, but I am calling them because that's what I was going to do. Yeah. It's about business. It's not about search. Yeah. So eh, anyway, if you had multiple description tags, you didn't have to worry about it hurting your site. Yeah. Now, back well, in 2013, Matt Cutts said you better not have them at all. It's better that you didn't have them at all versus having meta duplicates. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, the reason this came up is because someone was asking about Google Search Console. Google Search Console will show you, you know, if you have multiple titles and multiple descriptions and all that. And he had found Google Search Console said, yep, you have multiple descriptions. He went and changed them so they're not duplicate anymore and then came back and Search Console still said he had duplicates. So he was worried that something was broken. Most likely it was Search Console just hadn't updated yet, in my my opinion. Right. Well, and yeah. although that is the end of the Mueller files, we have a nice dovetail into this, and it's something you posted here from Yoast. Yeah, so Yoast actually did a study recently about 
Google's use of the meta description text, right? So you've seen it where Google will write your own. You know, so here's kind of tied back into the other one. If you have duplicate meta descriptions, Google doesn't want to use the same one for multiple pages. So they'll actually go in. Um, in many cases, if they find a description that doesn't really match the content of the page well enough, they'll go in and take information off that page to put into the into the search results instead of using the meta description, whether it's unique or not, right? So Yoast did a search and they or a study and they found to, to their point that Google often does not use your meta description for snippets anymore. Instead, they'll pull um, content primarily, and they said a large percentage of this, it comes from the first paragraph of the content on your page. Two-thirds of the cases, Google pulled the sentences from the first paragraph of the content of the page to use as that description in search results, mm. which I thought was really interesting um, because that means if you're going to spend a lot of time working on your meta descriptions to make sure they're really quick worthy, you need to do the exact same thing to the first paragraph <laughs> of content on your page. Just it's funny how things don't change. Like back when I was doing like the most basic of optimization, this is like 1997 even, what I did is I made sure the meta description matched the first text on the page and the title tag was, wasn't a match, but it was close. Right. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. It works. It's just constant. It's generally just logical, right? Yeah. And, and it goes, and you, you said you, you like the shorter ones, which is a reminder to people that in the, what was it, six months ago, maybe Google increased the amount of text you could put in a meta description. Actually, not, not that you could put that they would display from a meta description or from the pages of your site. So that meta description or that, that listing description or that snippet under your URL, they increase the amount of characters that they will display. I don't like so, it. Yeah. And sometimes the longer ones, to me, I say, again, I just don't read them, so they make no difference. It just makes the page longer. <laughs> yeah, you should have an option just to collapse them. Of course, what a waste. I mean, for example, um, I typed in for, I don't know, the first thing that came to mind was Victoria Healthcare. And after the local listings, there's one here, Health Services, Vancouver Island Health Authority. The next one is Island Health, Vancouver Island Health Authority. So <laughs> you wouldn't know which one yeah. um, unless you had the content. And even then... The way I know is I look at the URL. That's one thing I definitely look well, at. What I would much rather them have, to me, it's something that I would use. And they have it on some, especially if it's a news-style site. Um, but I'd rather have the date that the article or the page was published or last updated That's than the description. Yeah. But some of the news sites will definitely have that at the beginning where the, where the uh, description is. But a lot of them don't. They used to have that, didn't they? They used to. They, have... they still do some. If you if you search for just like SEO sites that are obviously informational sites like Moz, it'll have the date in the front. But Search Engine Land doesn't, right? Actually, uh, here's it, one that does. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know why it would, but it does. The other one it it might... doesn't have anything different. It's not a blog or anything. Yeah, right. I, w I wonder if there's some kind of um, schema markup or something that helps with that. I haven't checked. That'd be an interesting thing to look into. Yeah, with all our time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, huh. Anyway, um, let's take a quick break. and we get back, we've got uh, a question from Dale Olorenshaw. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. AM Days 2018 comes to Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Register now at amdays.com. Make the most of your performance marketing with help from some of the most iconic brands, including Microsoft, Capital One, Uber, Backcountry, and many more. 
AM Days 2018 brings together a powerhouse of industry leaders and dealmakers to network and share insights on the latest practices and cutting-edge updates in performance marketing and more. Make plans to be in Las Vegas for our landmark 10th event, AM Days 2018 Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Webmaster Radio listeners can save 20% on two-day and combo passes using promo code WMR20. Register now at amdays.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So Dale, uh, Lauren Shaw on our Google Plus community, had a question. Did you have to practice saying that last name? Because that was really good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm not bad at names usually. Um, <laughs> some of them get me, but okay, quote unquote, I'm creating a questionnaire for a client, which I've been advised from my developer would be, be best to implement within JavaScript. So all content and buttons, etc., are within the JavaScript. I'm still new to the world of SEO and was wondering, does Google crawl content that sits within JavaScript? Is this even a good method from an SEO perspective? If Google does crawl the JavaScript, is it worth then the questions being keyword rich and focused around the areas in which we are hoping to attract, or will this be a waste of time? Hmm. Um, uh, I won't go to the next question. That's enough for now. But <laughs> so, so, so my first question is, how is the JavaScript implemented? Because if he's talking to a developer, a developer might be dumbing things down for him. It could be that, that there's, there's so many ways to implement JavaScript. Um, if it's done via Ajax, for example, no, that content's not going to be seen. But if it's done you know, just by using, um, oh, what are those called? Uh, what's that JavaScript library that does the, the accordions and the dropdowns and all that stuff? No. Um, I don't even think of it as I know it is a library. I never think of it that way, so I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, but there's a there's a library of JavaScripts that help you format text and do kind of neat things with it. Um, if if that's what they're talking about, then there's probably not an issue. But if you're using something like Ajax, which is another form of of how you use JavaScript to to, to publish content, then there is a problem. So just asking if it can be seen in JavaScript is kind of not enough detail to answer correctly. Um, but in general, yes. But go ahead with it in general. 
In general, I don't, okay, this may be oversimplified, but again, I deal with a lot of smaller and medium-sized businesses. I don't care. The JavaScript and the, the form itself is not a big thing for me to get a ranking for. I, if I want to get a ranking for that page, I make sure there's other content on the page. I make sure there's something describing what the content, the, the form is about, um, any relevance to it. Um, and, and generally, that's enough, uh, coupled with the anchor links around the site, describing what the form's for. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and again, if it gets a ranking, I don't really care. I mean, yeah. people aren't generally going to go to a form and then fill it out without having media on the rest of your site. Yeah, very true. But and jQuery is the the library we're right. talking about. Yes, right. but the form it depends on what the form is being used to for too, because the the form is being used to collect information, like questions. And I think it is based on the second part of his keyword or, or, or his question. Um, but you can use forms for other things too, like you know, navigate some forms of navigation. Make a selection, hit the button, and go to a certain page. Right, that's a form as well. So it depends on what the form is being used for. Um, in some cases, whether it would be one to be indexed or not. Right, there might be a form where there's a whole bunch of really detailed questions that you know the question is a paragraph and a half that would be good valuable content mm. um, for for a page. I, I, again, fair enough. It's one of those, uh, as David Harry likes to say, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it does depend. Um, but yeah, in generalities, I'm not too concerned about them. Um, in fact, in, in, in some situations, I make sure a form is completely blocked to search engines because I don't want it to be an entry page. Again, because people aren't going to likely like fill it out immediately. Yeah. I make it a place that people get to as a kind of a goal on the site. Yeah. Uh, and that, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, and so, as long as we're talking about forms, it's something to just remember from an SEO perspective. Google will will pretty much classify any page that has a form on it. Um, if it's not in HTTPS, it calls it out as being an unsecure page, right? Anything where you're collecting any kind of data from a user, that needs to be on an HTTPS page these days. Yeah. Just waiting for them to add, like, um, unsecure in each one of the the, the blank fields, too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them at all. No, <laughs> that would be pretty nasty. But yeah, it could happen. I mean, and fair enough. If you're passing along private information, generally, in, and especially in today's uh, legal atmosphere, it's probably well against your privacy laws in your country. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the second question he asks is about whether he should put keyword rich, rich content in the right. form itself. And again, I think your idea, Ross, is probably the best. Just don't worry about the form being something that you want indexed and to drive organic traffic, you know, block it. Um, and you basically said in your question, will this be a waste of time to go through all this work? And probably will be, you know, just, just, just block it or, um, you know, don't worry about it at all. Just, just yeah. make it work for the user. I think it's more important that if you need to get information from a user that you look at usability and how the form works. Is it user-friendly opposed to any SEO aspects of what it's going to drive traffic? Yeah. And especially, does it work well on mobile? Yes, very it's true. Huge. So many forms and, look awful. And, and please don't make it too long. Forms should be short to the point and get the minimum amount of information you need to be able to follow through with it. Don't ask a thousand questions. Yeah, unless it is something where the person is going to expect to do that. Yeah, and then it's probably going to have a lot of information that shouldn't be public anyway, and you should probably have it, you know, you know blocked it from depends. search. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Another thing you asked here is, would schemas help at all? And that's a good question. Again, because I haven't really focused on these, I don't know. I, I would imagine if there's 
any schema on there, there'd be some benefit. Wouldn't be a benefit for rankings. I can't see why, but it might provide a little more context. But again, I wouldn't put that effort in. You can put that effort into other pages of the site, creating content, doing other things will get far more value. Absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that question, Dale, and keep it up. Um, with that said, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you would like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google. Actually, it's getting a little harder to do that. We're going to get some work around that. Eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Webmaster well, Radio, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.